Contrary to popular belief, becoming a leader who works on their business as opposed to in it is not about hustle and complexity. It's about implementing scalable systems and process inside your business that allow team members to be empowered. Since 2015, Jess Densley has been working with business leaders to do exactly that. If you want some tactics to take your business up a notch, listen to this latest episode from Jess. And if you want more, go to JessDensley.com. Now, here's Jess. Hey guys, so we're going to get on, get on to our, um, our next speaker. So, uh, Will Ainsworth, who's going to come up and have a chat, guys. I've known Will for a number of years, and I think you're going to be blown away by his story today. And, you know, it's a totally different story than what James spoke about, a lot of, a lot of focus on prospecting. Uh, but Will Ainsworth is a guy, and I think he's going to share a story today, guys, that, as we know, real estate can be tough, and we go through the spirals in real estate where we, have, we go through the ups and we go through the downs. Now, Will's had his fair share of those throughout his journey. Hasn't always been rosy, um, but he's actually you know, worked on himself personally. He's worked on his business. He's worked on his teams. And he's going to talk today about the phenomenal results he's built over the past couple of years just by the things that he's implemented in his business, guys, and taken ownership of where, what he needed to work on. And you know, he's moved around, as you, as you speak about. He's moved around to a few different agencies. Um, but what he's built in the last couple of years, guys, is uh, pretty phenomenal, and I think you're going to love his story. We'll have some questions at the end. Um, Will's going to go through some slides, and we'll pause for five, ten minutes at the end, and uh, you can ask as many questions as you want. So, ladies and gents, um, without further ado, Will Ainsworth. Thanks, Jess. Um, thanks for inviting me along, by the no way. Problem, mate. Um, yeah, it's good to be um, have James Dossovan as your support act, so it's, um, main events come to the table. So thanks very much for having me. Um, so I just, Jess asked me to come along, um, not a lot of you would know me in the room, obviously everyone knows James Tossovan, but not Will Ainsworth. Um, yeah, I do have a bit of a different story. Um, I have been in uh, real estate for uh, about 13, 14 years now, um, and it wasn't uh, always easy. It's only been the last probably five or six years that things have really started to take off for me. Um, my journey started um, at a little family-owned company in Geelong called Gartland Real Estate back in 2004. Um, my dad made the uh, owner of the business give me a job because I couldn't get a job anywhere else. Um, and he made me complete my agent's rep certificate in his office because I couldn't complete it anywhere else. So he pretty much got me a, a leg up at this office. And it's kind of renowned as the office where um, all the good agents from Geelong have been in there and then poached and gone elsewhere. So they probably, if they'd retained all their agents, would have been a good office. Um, so I started uh, 2004. And at Gartland Real Estate, um, and then the two gentlemen in the room now who I still I work for now, um, for lack of a better word, poached me over to their um, office. And as all ego-driven um, people that we are as salespeople, we um, like people to say how good we are and therefore um, go and work for them because we feel like, as James said, the grass is green on the other side, which in this event it actually was. Um, so I went to 2005 to 2006 to Ray White Geelong. Um, and worked for Jim and Dave uh, at the time. And then once again, one of the other principals in Geelong stroked the ego and I said, all right, well, I'll go and have a crack at that one as well. Um, so then started, I was really good at filling out tax file um, reports, by the way. Went to Buxton Newtown um, from 2007 to 2009. Um, and over the course of the time, obviously I took what I'd learned and what I hadn't learned from one office to the next and sort of started building my career. But each time I moved from one office to the next, I always uh, took a bit of a setback because your momentum stalls and you've got to start again, for those of you in the room who have done that before. Uh, then I thought, you know what, I'm too good for Geelong. Let's go to Melbourne. 
my wife actually told me that I'm too good for Geelong, so let's go to Melbourne. So we thought we'd have a go. So I went up to Yarraville to Jazz H. Stevens, um, worked with them for six months, which was um, fantastic six months. But unfortunately, and um, this is probably where the sob story starts, but unfortunately my dad passed away fairly suddenly um, while I was um, at work on, uh, the, it's a very vivid memory, but uh, mum rang me and said, dad's passed away. Um, it was very sudden, so kind of brought me back down to earth a little bit and went back down to Geelong um, for funeral and all that sort of stuff. And behind the scenes, I'm pretty certain at the time that I had a fair bit of depression going on, but I didn't know what it was or um, didn't know what the symptoms were or anything like that, but I just knew that stuff wasn't great. Um, so 2011, um, I have stuffed these slides up because there's so many dates in my mind, I've actually gone to put them on the wrong way. But 2011, um, I did have... Uh, basically for nine months I was off work um, with depression and at the same time um, we, were, we just had our first uh, baby and it was a pretty bad time. I pretty much went to the depths of um, depression without obviously going over the edge so to speak. Um, but it did teach me a hell of a lot um, and to this day I'm actually, as bad as this sounds, um, I'm very grateful for what did happen at that time um, because what I, how I run my personal life and my business life actually has all started and stemmed from this um, from this pretty poor thing that went on. Um, Ray White Height was actually before I had depression, so let's just move on from there. So when I decided to get back into the workforce, I was actually on income protection um, while I was off uh, work. And in order for me to get back into the workplace, for anyone who's been on income protection, they don't just go, right, oh, off you go and back to work because obviously I'm a liability financially for them. So they didn't want me to go back to work and then six months later be back on income protection because it's pretty expensive for them. So they give you a work case um, person to make sure that you go back to the workplace in the right way um, and go into it slowly to make sure that you um, end up staying there. So at that point in time, it was a really critical decision for me to determine where I worked um, and who I worked with, which was the most important thing because I needed someone who appreciated where I was coming from. Um, so with my tail between my legs, I rang Jim and David who are in the room today and asked them for a job back who I'd walked out on five, six years earlier, um, and we had a few meetings and um, I convinced them to give me a job back, but it was on the proviso that I was working one day a week and then two days a week, and for anyone in the room trying to be a real estate agent for one day a week, it's, um, it's not an easy gig. But one of the best lessons it taught me as a real estate agent was the art of delegation, because before that, I did everything myself, uh, worked seven days a week, did everything I possibly could, and I'm sure that's probably what um, was what got me on the path to depression in the first place. So I had to fulfill a 60, 50 hour job, but me actually being in the office for one day a week, and how the hell do you do that? You, you get people to help you. Um, so like James said, I don't like the word assistance, I don't like any of that sort of stuff. I got some team members on board, well, I got one team member on board. Um, worked my one day a week, and then bit by bit worked my two days a week, and I had to make sure that that one day a week that I was there, I had to try and fit five days a week into that one day. Obviously that's not feasible, but I had to do my best. Um, and then outside that I had to go home and rest. Um, and then as I said, it moved to two days a week and then three days a week. Um, and before I knew it, I was back full time. But what that did teach me was when I got to the time where they said, okay, you can go back five days a week as far as weekdays, being a Friday, I said, no, I don't think I want to. Um, and from that day on, I've never worked a Friday. Now when I say never, of course there's the odd time where I've got an appointment, but I'm very, very regimented. My team can tell you this. I will not, I will not do an appraisal um, on a Friday. I won't do anything on a Friday other than be at home with my family. 
So once again, that was a lesson that I learned um, coming from somewhere very bad to somewhere that I've taught myself that I can actually do this five days a week. So I don't work Fridays or Sundays, um, but like James said, I'm probably not like him in how, um, how psycho I am with um, how, how regimented I am with everything that I do, but I fit in, I would say, more hours or more condensed hours in a week than most agents do, but I only do it in four days, um, weekdays. So um, at the end of 2016, uh, two th start of 2017, we rebranded to what's now known as McGrath Geelong. So we're the exact same company that we were. We're Ray White, um, same personnel, same location, different branding, different franchise. Um, now, yes, I'm going to spruik that McGrath are the best company in the world. However, it's the most important thing is who you're working with, in my opinion. Um, you could be working for a shit agency and if you've got great people around you, you're going to do a lot better than working for McGrath with horrible people around you. I firmly believe that. Um, my team, so once again, Jess has asked me to talk to you about how my team operates. So we're called Team Ainsworth. Um, we don't have uh, hierarchy. It's just we all are in the same office. We all um, respect each other and we all respect each other's times. So I don't know why that's done that, but it has. Um, so this is how our team is broken down. We've got four team members. Um, I'm the lead listing agent. Um, Tom is a buyer specialist slash co-agent. Bridget is the associate agent. And then Steph is operations, administration, marketing, work wife, whatever you want to call her. That's exactly what she is. Um, and this is how we're broken down. Once again, we can send all these slides to you. Um, if we, I don't have a training module, that you, can, you can steal anything you want off us. Um, and I'm not going to sell you something at the end. So um, as, as the lead agent, these are my roles and responsibilities, but it's really important to note that, yes, that is what I do 90 to 95% of the time. It doesn't mean I don't sometimes chip in and do some of Tom's or some of Steph's or some of Bridget's and vice versa. So it's really important to note that it's not just this is my only role and that's all I do, but we try and stick to that structure as much as possible. So I'm, my job is to bring in listings to the business. That's what my, my main role is. Um, pipeline management, for those of you who don't know the word pipeline, it's basically people who are thinking of selling in the next 12 months. Um, appraisals, which is a pretty obvious word. Database management, um, so that's obviously including the pipeline, but also the people that are on my database who are, own a piece of real estate in an area that I would like to sell, even when they ch choose to sell that piece of real estate. Um, negotiations, so whether that be um, the auctioneer as well for our team, but if it's a private sale, I handle the majority of the negotiations um, in that aspect. Um, auctioneer and then oversee the team. So Tom's roles and responsibilities are, as you can see, um, he does all the callbacks. Um, so I haven't, uh, similar to James, I haven't done a callback for, I don't know, five years or something like that. Um, and that was my one thing that I absolutely adored doing and it was something that I felt I needed a lot of control over because that's where I got a lot of my potential sellers out of. So delegating that was a really difficult thing. But um, as I said, I haven't done them for five years and. Um, standing up here doing a presentation, so it hasn't affected me too much at this stage. Um, open homes, um, I also do open homes as well. Buyer appointments, so Tom handles every single buyer inquiry, um, callback, appointment, all of that sort of stuff. Um, vendor reports, uh, email and phone inquiries, so we both get an email when an inquiry comes through, as I'm sure all of you do. Um, I delete it and Tom replies to it, so I just don't even bother with those, um, which sounds really arrogant of me, but it's just clutter in my mind. It's not my role, it's Tom's role, and he deals with that. Um, and he runs a hot buyer list and prospecting for listings as well. So clearly when he's doing all these callbacks, he's not just, his number one focus is to, to deal with that property and therefore that vendor, that, to, to get that over the line. But then outside of that, 
obviously we know in the room a lot of people who are looking at buying are looking at selling, so Tom's role is to try and unearth those as well. Uh, Bridget, so Bridget's an associate agent slash client uh, relationship manager, um, which is basically a glorified way of saying that she's a, a, a salesperson in training. Um, so she's assisting Tom with all the callbacks. We have we had 17 open homes on the weekend just gone, and I think 162 groups through um, those open homes. So it's not easy to do for Tom to do all of those callbacks. So um, Bridget chips in and assists there. Um, preparing vendor reports. So every Tuesday afternoon, um, Tom and Bridget sit down and prepare every single vendor report that goes out um, by no later than Tuesday as well. And that's a promise we give all of our vendors. Um, so she prepares all the open boxes and all that sort of stuff to make sure that everything runs smoothly um, on open and auction day. Um, she attends all the building inspections and, the, um, and she also attends some buyer appointments if Tom's under the pump as well. Um, she liaises with the vendors and the purchases between sale and settlement. I think it's one of the biggest downfalls and we're by no means perfect at it that as soon as you sell a property you're on to the next one and think to yourself I, I need to get another sale. And those people, it could be a 90-day settlement and you've spoken to that client every second day and then the time you sell it, you then don't speak to them for 90 days. I'm certain in their mind they're just thinking, go a typical salesperson. And what's the point of doing all that hard work up until that time to only lose that potential referral that you may get down the track when um, you're actually undoing all the good work that you've done. Are there any questions? No? Cool. Um, my team who are here all said they've got, they've got some questions. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a good question. So at the end of every inspection, Tom does a, um, an audio message to me. It used to be text message, but just takes too long. So he will do an audio message to me as soon as he leaves it. And then either I'll give the vendor a call and let them know, hey, Tom's been through the property and this is what the buyer had to say, or Tom will call them or both. So it really depends on the maintenance or how high maintenance that vendor is. Um, but we know pretty much we're in sync. Um, and I actually sometimes don't even know he's got a buyer appointment until I get that message. Like, I didn't even know he had something set up. Um, so I'll ring the vendor. But it's obviously really important at the start of the campaign to say and make it very clear that I'm not taking those buyers through. It's not a matter of saying I do everything and then handing it to the assistant that the client thinks, um, oh, here we go, I've just been delegated off to the subordinate. It's not that way at all. Tom is better at buyer inspections than I am. He's probably a better negotiator than I am and he's better at follow-up than I am. So why wouldn't I let him do a job that he's better at? Does that answer your question? Yep. Um, we also, speaking of that, we have, um, it's a Facebook Messenger thing, but basically the four of us have just a, um, a chat going, and so that we're all going, we all know what's going on. Um, so it's just send a message and everyone knows what's going on. Um, uh, yeah, so Bridge conducts the pre-settlement inspections, final inspections. Um, something that's probably a bit controversial is she does all my anniversary calls. I know a lot of agents say you should be doing it as the lead agent. I probably should, but I don't have the time. Um, and like everything, I don't, you can't just go, I'm just not going to do it. I'd rather someone do it and maybe not be quite um, as good at it as I am. She's going to be an amazing agent, so why not give her that responsibility in her own right? Um, prospecting around every single listing, which we'll go in more detail uh, in a moment. And she also, as soon as we get an appraisal, I just give her the appraisal sheet and she does the pre-list kit, books in the appraisal and does, puts it in my calendar and does all that admin stuff. <laughs>